This episode is sponsored by Marvel Strike Force. If you're looking for a superhero-themed mobile game, look no further. Marvel Strike Force is a mobile squad RPG that allows you to battle with your favorite team of superheroes and supervillains in a fight to save the universe against threats like Doctor Doom and Apocalypse. Your goal is to power up your favorite characters to complete missions, unlock gear and other resources, and beat other players in PvP modes like Alliance War and Real-Time Arena. The game is currently celebrating its 6 year anniversary, and they're letting new users in on the celebration by providing free stuff, courtesy of our unique link in the show notes. The anniversary consists of weekly events and bonuses, and if you complete each event, you can receive special rewards and skins. Make sure to log in each day and each week to take advantage of all of the new characters that are being released specifically for this event. This will be Marvel Strike Force's most generous event to date, so don't miss out. We've received a unique promo code, so new users can follow our link in the description and use the promo code MAXPOOL. That's M-A-X-P-O-O-L. Thanks to Marvel Strike Force for sponsoring this episode. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you had an extra hour in your day, what's the first thing you would do? Get outside more? Check in on that friend you've been meaning to catch up with? Maybe learn how to play an instrument? I know I've thought about what I would do with more time in my day, and many people daydream about what they might do in that scenario. The best way to squeeze that special thing into your actual schedule is to know what's important to you and take whatever reasonable steps you can to make those things more of a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you, so you can do more of it. Therapy is not just for people who've experienced major traumas. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills, how to set boundaries, and it empowers you to be the best version of yourself. If you're thinking about giving therapy a try, check out BetterHelp. It's fully online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a quick questionnaire that will match you up with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash FilmDaily today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash FilmDaily. This is your invitation to the intersection of versatility and design. The kind of experience you can only find in a Lexus SUV. A feeling this empowering is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the versatility of the complete line of Lexus SUVs and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Spring, is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely their fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. That means more comfort and less baggage. Try the Superlight Tree Runner with a cushy foam midsole and breathable eucalyptus fiber upper. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. So, what can you do in a Superlight shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And because they're super packable, the real question is, where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Slash Film Daily. Today is Friday, January 12th, 2024. On today's episode of the show, I'm going to be joined by a bunch of folks to have some fun inspired by the new Mean Girls musical film. My name is Ben Pearson. I'm an editor at SlashFilm.com. And I'm recording this a little bit in advance, so I haven't actually had the chance to see the new Mean Girls movie yet, but it struck me as somewhat odd that this seemingly random 2004 film would get the musical treatment and then get a movie adaptation 20 years after the original. 
So it got me thinking, what other films from 2004 would make for good musical movies? What would make them interesting candidates for this treatment? And who would star in them? So I managed to convince all of these Slash Film Daily contributors to participate in my goofy little idea. And I'm going to present those conversations for you in today's show. So let's get started. Here we go. Okay, Ryan Scott, welcome. And you know the deal here. So what is the movie that you have chosen from 2004? I have chosen Fifty uh, First Dates. You know what? I've never seen this movie. So uh, this Holy is- shit, seriously? Yeah, I just I missed it somehow. Never got around to it. Um, okay, so so lay out. I, I think I know the basic premise of this movie, but sort of give me like the broad strokes of what this is, and then why you think it would be good as a musical. I'm more shocked because this was such a cable staple. It's crazy you just never stumbled upon it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, okay, so like very roughly, like Adam Sandler plays like a like a zookeeper, zoologist guy who uh, lives in Hawaii, and he's kind of like a hollow womanizer and he's just like you know and then he meets drew barrymore's character and is like totally struck with her and then she has this weird uh like uh from resulting from a car accident like a a disorder where she doesn't have any short-term memory anymore so every day she wakes up and kind of just forgets you know everything like that happened like it's all she all she has is like her old memory she wakes up thinking it's the same day every day and Mm -hmm. so Chandler proceeds to um, like try to win her over every single day because he loves her so much. And it's like for as much as like Adam Sandler movies, maybe around that era get like a lot of crap. It's a very sweet movie and I actually really like it. Um, but like, there's something about like, I, I and I've said it on this podcast, I said it recently. I'm not the biggest musical guy. Like most of the time I don't like them, but I looked at this and I was just like this movie, the, the premise so fits a musical, like mm-hmm. especially with, like Adam Sandler being who he is. And, and, and the, I could just, I can like hear the songs in my head, even though I don't know exactly what they are, but like, it just felt so right to me. So I was going to ask you what you thought about the the casting for this. And it's, are, are you saying that you want Adam Sandler back in the lead role? I think like, okay, like in the spirit of like, this is obviously Hollywood is not listening, right? Like where these aren't <laughs> happening. But like my, my feeling is looking at this like, okay, yes, like Adam Sandler is a musical guy. Like he is actually still very famous and very popular. And uh, Drew Barrymore is as well. Like why not just like make it really exceptionally weird and like have them do the same movie again in a completely different way. And like they, they, they were very, you know, they also did the wedding singer together. Like it's a good pairing. People like these two together. Like it would be an interesting idea. I could easily see Netflix doing something like this. Like it'd be weird and it'd be kind of interesting. So yeah. The only proposing- thing I remember about the cover of this movie or like the, the, um, whatever it's called, the one sheet, the poster is that he has a ukulele on it. So are there like musical elements to the actual movie? Do you remember? Uh, not really. Like there's like, there's like small bits of like, there's a beach boys song that kind of like plays, um, a role in the film and you could like easily sort of make that part of like the musical as well, but it's not really like, there's not a lot of like musical, but, but, but it's easy to sort of because of the way the segments are done and because the way the movie's sort of broken up, you can see like the one or two songs where you would have the song breaks within the act structure of the movie. Mm -hmm. Like it's not hard to imagine at all. (laughs) Okay. So last question for you. And I could probably just answer this by watching the movie myself, but I have you here now. So I'm just going to ask you anyway. Uh, Is it kind of like a groundhog day situation where Adam Sandler's character like 
slowly learns the best way to romance Drew Barrymore's character over the course of the movie. And she like kind of has no idea what's going on. Is that, is that like the, the gist, but maybe like a tiny bit sweeter than that or something. It is a little sweeter than that. And it's also like a little, like it's more like Drew Barrymore's character is obliviously go living groundhog day. And like everyone, like a lot of her, the people around her sort of like try to like, let her just be happy and they kind of like her her brother and dad like live the same day over with her every day wow okay because they're just like they're just like they don't know what else to do to help her cope so it's actually it is kind of sweet and like probably like problematic but like you know but um adam sandler's like he kind of comes in a situation like hey this is a little this is a little messed up maybe she has a chance at like a life and he does learn how to kind of you know make it work and and it does sort of go over like some interesting like notions of like Every day is not the same for and like someday she can love him. Someday she might not. And so it's mm-hmm. kind of interesting how that sort of play. And again, it's just easy for me to imagine like the types of songs that are there. Yeah. And again, Adam Sandler is like a naturally musical guy. And some of his funnier, better work is when he's, you know, doing musical stuff. Like, I don't know if you saw a couple of years ago his 100 percent fresh special on Netflix, but like that's maybe the best thing he's done in 20 years is incredible. You know, and a lot of that's music based. So I could I could see this working. Excellent. Okay. Well, yeah, this, this is an awesome choice, uh, Ryan. I'm, I'm going to have to add this movie to my queue and finally uh, check it out 20 years later. But um, yeah, interesting. Okay. So a, a Sandler Barrymore reunion for, uh, for yeah, man, th- that seems like a, a cool choice here. So uh, thank you very much, Ryan. And um, I appreciate it. I'll talk to you next time. You got it. I'm joined by Chris Evangelista now. Chris, what movie from 2004 did you choose? I picked... Spider-Man 2, the Sam Raimi movie. Okay, so tell me why you think that this might make an interesting musical. You know, it's it's inherently... Uh, I was going to say operatic, but I don't want it to be an opera. I just want it to be, you know... <laughs> it's a lot of... One thing, Sam Raimi has to come back and direct it, because I, I think a Sam Raimi musical would be, would be super cool. And it would have... Basically, I just want it to be the same exact movie, but with songs. And... For the most part, it would be, you know, original songs, but they have to keep the Dashboard Confessional uh, vindicated <laughs> song because that is the official song of Spider-Man 2. <laughs> yes, that sounds wonderful. Um, I know that you can only sanction my buffoonery to to <laughs> a certain degree, Chris, but I asked you if you had any cast in mind, and uh, I was curious if you if you had anything sort of locked and loaded on that level. You know, I'm going to defer to you for the main two because you came up with the main two because I'm too I'm too lazy to think of anyone. But they have to bring back Alfred Molina because Alfred Molina is actually a singer. Like he was on Broadway, he was in like Fiddler on the Roof, and like so bring him back. He can sing. And who who did you have in mind, Ben, for for Peter Parker and MJ? Yeah, I was looking up you know very young like up and coming performers, and um, Jacob Tremblay and Julia Butters stood out to me. Julia Butters being the the young girl in um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, uh, who has that great scene with DiCaprio. And Tremblay has, I mean, people probably know him from Room, and he's been popping up at a bunch of things in in recent years. Um, and I just thought that they would be like maybe like a a cute sort of like Broadway type couple together. Um, but, uh, but I don't know, man, it, it's tough. Like the, these young actors, you mentioned like, you're not, you're not really like a huge fan of, you know, like the, the sort of Disney channel esque acting class, you know, the, those kids who. Every uh, young actor is just boring right now. I can't be like, like, uh, 
I'm talking about like I guess I don't know. Like I guess there are some good young. Like how old is Timothy Chalamet? He's young. He's like good actor. Yeah, he's like maybe in late twenties or something. But that might be like a little old for a Spider-Man thing. I don't know. I don't know. It's tough because Tobey Maguire was probably like older than he should have been as that character. Yeah. But <laughs> um, but I was also thinking of maybe like uh, Taron Egerton might be good. He's probably pushing it on the age range, but he's he like seems... 45. Isn't he like in his forties? <laughs> How old is Taron Egerton? Let's I'm going to look this up. up right now. Yeah. You, you tell me. He's 34. Okay. So, all right. He's, he's pretty old. Yeah. Uh, once, you, once you're, once you're in Hollywood, over the age of 30, you're done. <laughs> he just seems to have that sort of like Hugh Jackman putting on a show, Rocket Man, kind of like, you know, song and dance man quality you to You know him. who would be good is, um, did you watch, did you see No Hard Feelings, the Jennifer I did, Lawrence yeah. Movie? There's the kid in that, his name is Andrew Barth Feldman. He actually has a scene where he sings the song Man Eater, but he doesn't yeah. like this. And he's actually, he's actually, I really liked him in that. I looked it up just now. He's 21. That's pretty young enough. Yeah, and that's so great. He's got that sort of like nerdy vibe to him. So he'd be a good Spider-Man. Put him yeah. in the, the Spider-Man musical. Okay, I'm glad we got there. That's great. And then maybe like Molly Gordon is another one I was thinking of who just oh, showed up good. in uh, yeah, she's, theater yeah. camp earlier. Yeah, she, she might be like a fun MJ or like a, a side. We, we cracked this, Ben. Let's go. <laughs> Get this movie made. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Chris. I appreciate it. Sure. All right, Jacob Hall is here. Thanks for being with me, Jacob. Hello, hello. Okay, so what movie from 2004 did you pick? Uh, I picked Wolfgang Peterson's Troy. <laughs> I laughed when you told me this before we started recording because there was a brief moment where I was considering picking this movie as well. I actually like kind of like this movie, um, even though it's very silly and I think widely hated by anyone who cares about like Greek and Roman stuff. But like I studied that stuff in school and was just kind of swept away by the the scope of it. And I, looking back now, I realize it's probably not a very good movie, but there's just something about it I, I kind of can't help but like. It's like the like a, a dumb jock who was your best friend in high school or something like that, you know? Yeah. Well, my, my big problem with Troy is that it takes one of the great mythological adventures of all time and says, yeah, but what if we take out all the magic and monsters and supernatural stuff and gods? At least have guys and, and we always make it into Gladiator. And it's like, <laughs> mm-hmm. no, I, 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 I like the Iliad because there's like Game of Thrones god stuff happening and that there, and everybody is working in a world where magic exists. And, by taking that out, you're just making something kind of dry and boring. <laughs> okay, so you think introducing those elements would make this uh, a more compelling story as a musical? Yes, 100%. This needs to be a full-blown Technicolor-looking musical. Uh, I think it should have giant battle scenes. It should have the scope of a massive war film. But it should look like a Powell and Pressburger film from the 30s in terms of its colors. It should just be visually dynamic. Everything should be flying off screen. Like everything in Troy, right by Wolfgang Peterson, is brown. Everything is brown. Like everything's a color of dust at all times. It's revolting. Uh, this needs to be a typical musical. And uh, should I talk about the, who, who, who would direct my fantasy version? Here? Oh, yeah, yeah, go for it. Um, he's not directed a feature film yet, although he's, he's attached to do one. But uh, I want Thomas Kale. Uh, He's best known for directing the Sage version of, uh, or the original Sage version of Hamilton, which I know people like the shit on these days, but it's still great. So f all of you. Um, but also, he did like uh, a live version of, of Greece for TV that like was like visually like, whoa, this is really exciting stuff. What's going on? He's directed some television since then. And he's attached to a Fiddler on the Roof uh, uh, movie, but like uh, the sheer amount of information in the Iliad uh, or Troy uh, requires a, a somebody who's able to 
balanced musical numbers with action with characters and make sure it's all understood clearly. And I, to me, I feel like, yeah, let's give him $200 million and make a musical version of Troy. Why the hell not? What, what do we have to lose here, Ben? <laughs> Absolutely nothing. This is a fictional scenario. I love it. <laughs> okay. So then, then does that mean that, um, that Lin-Manuel Miranda is, uh, <laughs> is like the main character or what's Absolutely, your cast? Absolutely like? not. Absolutely not. I went ahead and cast, the, the three most important characters, or, or I guess three of the most important characters. Uh, Achilles, there's only one choice for Achilles. The um, aging warrior uh, who has been around for a bit, is uh, is full of cocky bravado, uh, unexpected violence, uh, but also needs to be seen and as like somebody who's seasoned and respected and also needs to sing and sing and sing. Uh, Hugh Jackman, Ben. <laughs> oh, perfect. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> uh, I feel like if you're going to have the big Broadway bombast of Hugh Jackman for Achilles. Who do you cast as Hector? Uh, the, uh, his, his, his like chief military rival who he kills in the battlefield, who is, uh, you know, trying to defend his city against uh, in, invaders. And I said, I need somebody who was the exact opposite. So I want to go with uh, Ethan Peck, uh, best known for playing Spock in Star Trek Strange New Worlds. And in season two is a musical episode where the, where the crew of the Enterprise breaks in the song due to space shenanigans. Ethan Peck reveals himself to have a, Really lovely singing voice. It's a very low baritone. It reminded me a lot of the band The National, if you've listened to The National. Mm-hmm. And I just imagine Hugh Jackman broadwaying his way across the battlefield uh, while Ethan Peck as Hector sits on the walls above, sort of monologuing himself in that sort of baritone drone. Uh, and I imagine these two bouncing off each other in that way. And so I, Ethan Peck doesn't have a big film career, he, uh, uh, but he's you know increasingly beloved by star trek fans so it's time to give him a bigger spotlight in my fictional musical adaptation of troy that's wonderful i think um i want to say that uh hector is the character that's played by eric bana in the movie yes and eric bana yeah 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 so he has kind of like a, a similar uh look or vibe or something uh on on that front anyway whereas like hugh jackman is playing the character that was played by brad pitt in the movie so it's like a little bit different but i, I love the um the adaptation choice to like make the the singing and the sort of like over the topness the basically the equivalent of like Brad Pitt's pretty boy act that he brought to Troy, you know, like yeah, almost sure. using that as the weapon. So that's that's a great choice. Uh, yeah. Any other person that you wanted to cast here? Yeah, um, for Paris, the young uh, lover who gets everybody in trouble to begin with. Um, I thought, who is the uh, most exciting young actor who can also sing, who's also handsome, who can carry this part? Oh yeah, Mike Faced from. Um, West Side Story. Yes. Lock wow. in. There we go. No, nothing that's else great. to say. Yeah. So that's the, um, I, I think that was the Orlando Bloom character, if, if memory serves correctly. Correct. Yes. Um, yeah. Wow. That, that is like, that's maybe the, the most perfect uh, casting of this entire episode. So <laughs> congratulations, Jacob. Well done. Thank you. Um, okay. So I think that's going to do it for this section here. Let's take a break and then we'll be back with more entries from a couple other Slash Film Daily contributors. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the, did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. 
Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. What's spring like in Park City, Utah? Imagine waking up on a bluebird day to ski the greatest snow on earth at two world-class resorts, Park City Mountain and Deer Valley. Exploring miles of wide-open spaces by snowshoe or cross-country skis. Wandering our historic Main Street with its Opry ski scene and award-winning restaurants. When you love it like we love it, Park City, Utah will always be winter's favorite town. Join the experience at visitparkcity.com. Your friend and mine, BJ Colangelo, is joining me now. BJ, how's it going? Oh, it's going great. This is what I was born to do. <laughs> when I uh, prompted you with this on Slack, you responded with, in all caps, just the, the phrase, my time has come. So <laughs> I know that uh, that you're excited about this. So what 2004 movie did you pick that you would like to see turned into a musical? I picked one of my favorite movies, not just of 2004, not just of the aughts, but of all time. I went with the religious satire Saved. Okay, so this is the second movie that we have with an exclamation point in the title. Uh, so that's awesome <laughs> and and pretty rare, actually, for movie titles and uh, especially rare for, for two of them to pop up on a list like this. But um, tell me, actually, I, I've seen this movie. I saw this once and really enjoyed it. I've not revisited it in 20 years. Jeez, it's been that long, actually. Um, but uh, tell our listeners a little bit about this movie, because I feel like this one, even at the time, kind of flew under the radar. Definitely. So Saved is very much a cult film in terms of its popularity, but it is about a private Christian high school. Um, so, you know, very uh, <laughs> a lot of weird kids going on there. Uh, <laughs> Jenna Malone stars as Mary, who is our protagonist, and Mary has been very much dedicating her entire life to God and following all of the tenets of Christianity. But when she finds out that her boyfriend is gay, she decides you know we're going to we're going to try to fix him by sleeping with him and she gets pregnant and so all of this suddenly changes how she feels about what the bible has to say uh she starts recognizing a lot of the hypocrisies in christianity all while trying to hide the fact that she is you know, an unwed teen mother to be. Mm -hmm. um, it is a brilliant satire on religion. It is darkly funny. Um, and it also already has the built in structure of being at a religious school, which means a lot of music. So it already lends itself to having a musical energy behind it. Uh, Mandy Moore famously played the villain Hillary Fay in this movie and did a lot of singing. There's a lot of Beach Boys in this movie, <laughs> um, which I think is delightful. Um, and I feel my rule is that whenever people turn an existing movie into a musical, it only works if I believe that music already lives in the hearts of these characters, which is why something like Mean Girls, like Legally Blonde, work as a musical, and something like maybe Mrs. Doubtfire, not so much. Uh, Saved feels like it has the energy of people who could absolutely break into song at any given moment, because sometimes they do. <laughs> That's fantastic. Okay, so who would you think about for a potential cast for this, uh, this version of the movie? All right, so I thought about this long and hard, and obviously because we're dealing with something in the teen sphere, it gets a little weird. Sometimes teen movies will cast characters that are teenagers. Sometimes they cast people that are in their 30s. 
So it's a little bit difficult. Um, but for the lead role of Mary, uh, originated by Jenna Malone, I went with Gabriella Pozzolo. Um, most people know her as Dustin's girlfriend on Stranger Things. Oh, yeah. She's, she's a Broadway baby. Um, and she has an incredibly powerful voice. She's super funny and really hasn't been given the chance to showcase all of that in a feature film yet. So I think this would be a perfect vehicle for her to be like, look at like I'm really talented and I'm so much more than a side character on Stranger Things. Mm -hmm. So that's my big one. Um, the villainous role of Hillary Fay uh, by Mandy Moore could obviously be another Renee Rapp role if we want to just let the ball keep rolling, go to Regina George into Hillary Fay. But I went with Dove Cameron, um, who I think people of our age group would know on Schmigadoon. She is super talented, a gifted vocalist, um, and also has like this perfect face where you look at her and you're like, oh my God, she seems so nice. But with one raised eyebrow, you're like, oh, she might make me cry um <laughs> so i think that that's wonderful um, going down the list more uh roland uh famously M one of macaulay culkin's comeback roles after years of child stardom um i'm gonna go with stanley simons from the iron claw he plays mike von eric in that he's a guitar player uh i need people to look at what he looks like when he doesn't have like period appropriate iron claw hair yeah um, he does have kind of like an edgy art boy sort of look to him so i think that that would be really good for a character uh that could be played by macaulay culkin um the heartthrob boy of patrick originally patrick fugit in the film i'm gonna go with jonathan neves he was in see you yesterday and grease rise of the pink ladies a show that i didn't think i was gonna like but really liked and it was canceled after one season and there's a lot of really talented people on that show and they need somewhere to go i think this is perfect okay um <laughs> uh cassandra originally played by eva uh, amory she was kind of like the edgy girl she ends up in a relationship with macaulay culkin's character she is you know the quote-unquote problem child at the school the bad influence yep. i want her to be played by millie shapiro uh if that name isn't familiar for you she is the girl in hereditary yes. Millie shapiro is also a broadway baby and she's also like a dyed in the wool weirdo in like the best way possible so this role i think very much speaks to her sensibilities i think she would crush it and then the last two uh lillian who is the mom uh mary's mom was originally played by mary louise parker and then pastor skip who's Patrick's dad and also the pastor. I think I'm going to go with Krista Rodriguez and as much as he grates my nerves, Zachary Levi, uh, because the two of them uh, originated the, the roles of First Date, the musical on Broadway. So I already know they have great chemistry and great banter. And I think that they could play these characters really, really well and they're age appropriate to do so. Yeah, that's a great pick, man. I, I'm still hung up on the Millie Shapiro being from Broadway thing. I had no idea. I thought that was just your like outside of the box. Ooh, I'm going to pull an actor in for the, you know, this kind of thing. She's a um, Tony Award winner. She was one of wow. the first Matildas in Matilda on Broadway. I had no clue. That's awesome. Yeah, she's super uh, talented. She's also does like her own music. If you uh, follow her on social media, she posts it from time to time. Super talented. So I would trust her to be able to play not only, you know, kind of like a high school menace which i think she would have so much fun with but people would realize oh wow no she's super talented because i think you know she's she's talked about it a bunch on tiktok about how the way that her association with hereditary has been you know kind of problematic because people mm. think she's scary or that she's gross or weird but she's so funny and such a good singer um so i would love to give her like a comeback role where she really gets to have fun 
that rules. Uh, well, yeah, this sounds awesome, BJ. I want to watch it right now. And I hope that people, if they've never seen or heard of Saved, because I'm guessing it's a lot of our audience because the movie flew so far under the radar. I hope that if nothing else, this movie or this conversation uh, convinces them to go check out that movie and then maybe um, daydream about what their own <laughs> musical version of Saved might look like. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Thanks very much. Thank you. Okay. Now I'm joined by Brad Oman. Brad, how's it going? Oh, great. <laughs> okay, so which movie did you pick for this? Uh, I went with Win a Date with Tad Hamilton. Actually, my original choice was 13 going on 30, but uh, BJ informed us that there's apparently already a musical adaptation of that uh, overseas somewhere, so kind of kind of ruined my pick initially. <laughs> yeah, okay, so I've never seen Win a Date with Tad Hamilton. This is the other movie that has an exclamation point in the title, uh, BJ picked Saved, which also had an exclamation point. Um, so tell me about this movie. What What is this about? Yeah, so this is, it's basically like the kind of romantic comedy they don't really make anymore. And it's uh, it's a lot of fun. You know, it has, it has some silly stuff in it, but it's, I, I really enjoyed it when I saw it uh, when it came out back in 2004. Uh, and it's just, it's just a very enjoyable. It has a great cast. Uh, it has Josh Duhamel and Kate Bosworth and Topher Grace. Um, and so the, the, basically the story is, is Josh Duhamel plays Tad Hamilton, who's like this big time actor. Um, and he wants to get this role in a movie, but the director is kind of like, not sure if he's good for him, kind of sees him as like a little bit, uh, of a, of a bad boy because of some tabloid headlines. And so to kind of like rejuvenate his image a little bit, uh, they decide to hold this contest where like, he's going to go out, um, on a date with like a, a fan of his. Uh, and so Kate Bosworth plays this small town girl who is like obsessed with Ted Hamilton. Uh, her and her girlfriend, played by Jennifer Goodwin, uh, are they always go see all of his movies. And Topher Grace plays uh, the guy who is the manager of the Piggly Wiggly grocery store that she works at. And he has unrequited feelings for her that he's trying to like figure out how to tell her because it seems like he's getting ready to move to take like a bigger position, like in the, the grocery store uh, industry, as it were. Mm -hmm. And so, so he's like the, the, the nice guy who's kind of waiting on the sidelines to see like what happens. And so she ends up winning uh, the contest. And so she gets to go out on a date with, with Tad Hamilton uh, and Tad ends up kind of falling for her. Uh, and so like, it turns into like this whirlwind romance for her. Um, but, uh, and, but like the, you start to see that, like, maybe it's going to be hard for her to fit into like his, his life. And, uh, he's, he's generally like a, a good guy, but he, um, but he, he doesn't, it, it seems like it's more of like a convenience thing for him where like he, he wants to, to like to love her, but it seems like he just more like, likes the idea of like being in a relationship with somebody who is like a little more down to earth and that kind of thing. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. As soon as you started mentioning the thing about unrequited love, I was like, okay, I can start to see why this might be an interesting musical. What, what is it about this, mu this movie that um, jumped out to you and, and sort of made you pick it for this project? I mean, I think that like uh, romantic comedies, especially I feel like are, are ripe for musicals. There's just, uh, there's a, a really great way to like have characters singing about you know their feelings and that kind of thing that that's a lot a lot of what musicals have but i think there's also a lot of opportunity to have fun here because one of the things that you do get to see throughout the movie are like uh little clips of ted hamilton's movies that are like done in like a, a somewhat like uh intentionally cheesy fashion like he's a, he's in a like a, a war drama and, and that kind of stuff and so i feel like it'd be fun to have like little interludes where like you see have like musical versions of like the different movies that he's in um and then like this uh you know like that you can have stuff like with the dates and things like that and like the contrast between hollywood and the small town that kate bosworth is in um, and there's actually, I, th I think, some bonus opportunities for, like, fun, too, because um, there's also two supporting characters uh, that play um, 
Tad's manager and agent that are played by Nathan Lane and Sean Hayes. Uh, and they're really funny together in the movie. And so there's, I think there's an opportunity there to kind of like expand and have a little bit more musical fun with them. Especially, And, and honestly, my, my pick too would be to have Sean Hayes and Nathan Lane reprise their roles mm-hmm. in, in the movie as the same characters. Yeah, that makes total sense for those guys. What about the uh, the rest of the cast? Did you have anyone in mind? I did. So I uh, updating it and making it uh, more appealing to today's audiences, I thought that Olivia Rodrigo would be a great choice for the Kate Bosworth character. Nice. Uh, she's in her early 20s. She obviously has plenty of musical experience, both because of High School Musical and because she's a chart-topping singer now. Uh, for Ted Hamilton, I, I decided to go with Taryn Edgerton. Okay, yeah, interesting. I I just mentioned Taron Edgerton on a a little chat with Chris I was having earlier, um, because I thought that he, you know, he's like an underutilized guy in Hollywood, I think. Yeah, and he he has singing chops for sure. Uh, He's a bit of a heartthrob, undeniably. And I also, I I looked at the age of actors during this too, and uh, Josh Duhamel was about 10 years older than Kate Bosworth was uh, when Ted Hamilton came out. And Taron Edgerton is roughly about that much older than uh, than Olivia Rodrigo would be. So I think that that works out. Yeah. Uh, for Topher Grace, I decided to go with Andrew Barth Feldman from No Hard Feelings. <laughs> Man, that's awesome. You're the second person to mention him as well. Yeah, he definitely uh, fits the vibe of Topher Grace's character. And we, we learned that he can sing as well in No Hard Feelings. So I think that he would have, have be a good fit for that character. Uh, and I did choose someone for Jennifer Goodwin's character as well. Um, and this kind of echoes, actually, funnily enough, her role in Mean Girls. But I but I did think that uh, Ali'i Carvalho uh, would be a good pick to play Jennifer Goodwin's character because uh, she's kind of a bit of like a uh, an edgy, more sort of sort of friend who hangs out with Kate Bosworth. Uh, and she like is much more forward about like uh, sexualizing Ted Hamilton. And I think that <laughs> she, she could be really fun at doing that. Uh, and like I said, Nathan Lane and Sean Hayes, bring them back because they both have plenty of Broadway experience and singing experience. So it would be great to have them in the same roles. Yeah, that sounds super fun. Um, so you're the last person that I'm talking to about this, Brad. So you get to hear me talk about my pick, which uh, is National Treasure. Um, I feel like that okay. might be a fun <laughs> opportunity there. Um, you know, you could have like this big defying gravity style show stopping number announcing the intention to steal the Declaration of Independence, <laughs> which would be pretty great. My, I was telling my wife about this and she she said so, there's got to be an opportunity for like a declaration of independence number in there somewhere. Oh, I thought boy. that was pretty good. <laughs> um, so I don't know, like, you know, during the, the main cast's search for clues, that could be like historical flashbacks with song and dance numbers providing context about the clues that they're looking for. So there's just a lot of like fun, goofy opportunities there. Um, for the casting for this, I, I Nicolas Cage is such a singular performer that I didn't even try to come up with somebody who could step into his shoes. So I decided to go in like the complete opposite direction. And I think my musical movie would be gender swapped and would star Irish actress Eve Hewson in the Nick Cage role. Oh, she's, okay. She's in Bad Sisters and the Nick, and she sings a little bit in Flora and Sons. We know she has some some experience there. Um, and her real life father, Bono from U2, could play the John Voight father figure part. Um, <laughs> so that, that that might be funny. And then I was like, well, I'm I'm in like this sort of Irish territory here. So maybe like Jesse Buckley could be like the nerdy sidekick played by Justin okay. Martha in the movie. And then it's like the the gender swapped uh, love interest character. I was like, get Jamie Dornan in here. Like, let's just make oh, this a full Irish experience. And like, since an Irishman, Sean Bean was the villain in the movie, I thought we could cast an American as the villain this time around. And then you could just slot Nick Cage into that role and a little bit of stunt casting there. <laughs> so. 
does it make sense that like a bunch of Irish actors would be running around uncovering pieces of U S history? No, absolutely not. Would it be fun to watch anyway? I think so. So uh, yeah, that that was my pick. What what would you think about a, a national treasure the musical, the movie, Brad, would you be interested in watching something like that? I'd be very intrigued to hear what kind of songs that you could come up with for, for the movie. Cause, I, <laughs> Cause like so much of it is like reliant on, on action and like suspense and everything. And so like, I wonder like what, what you do to like create songs that like, uh, you know, help characterize, you know, each of the, the people in the movie and like drive the story forward and like bring that emotion forth. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's very true. Uh, I, maybe I have not thought about this all the way through, even though it was my concept. But um, <laughs> you know, you know, you know, it would be a lot of fun is if you cast Andy Samberg in the Nicolas Cage. Oh role. my god, yeah, that's better. <laughs> that that's better. Yeah, we'll do that. Nick Cage is probably busy anyway. He's making like ten movies a year or whatever. So um, I, I was just thinking about like movies that did not get chosen for this project, like movies from two thousand four that I thought might be interesting. And I just want to rattle off a few here. And as I'm going, Brad, jump out and uh, like interrupt me and say if you think any of these would be good or if you have any like ideas off the top of your head for any of these I, I didn't prep you with this beforehand but dodgeball and anchorman obviously like those were like the two heavy hitter oh, yeah. comedies Anch- from- anchorman anchorman especially because you could really do like a like a 70s uh infused <laughs> musical like that for sure yeah um sky captain the world of tomorrow uh that came out that year and just like it's so stylish and the um i don't know the the aesthetics of the movie are so strong that like introducing a musical component i thought might be interesting uh shawn of the dead i don't know if like that could be a lot of fun yeah it it seems like there could be some opportunities there um the incredibles doing maybe like a live action version of the incredibles with with music uh i could see that being fun um lemony snicket's a series of unfortunate events similar to yeah absolutely captain where there's just like that sort of heightened world that these characters are living in and then uh, M. Night Shyamalan's The Village, which <laughs> I think would be, yeah, certainly the most ridiculous choice uh, here. But um, but it's like an underrated 2004 movie that, uh, you know, th- there is that sort of yearning and, and like unrequited or maybe not unrequited, but but certainly that that yearning love between the um, uh, Joaquin Phoenix and Bryce Dallas Howard characters that uh, that might, you know, lend, lend itself a little bit more to the emotionality that you're kind of talking about there. Um also, Alien versus Predator came out in 2004. Oh, well, yeah, so. I mean, of course. Yeah. Like. <laughs> okay, well, I think we've had enough fun for one podcast episode, but uh, you can find more probably about all the movies that we mentioned on today's show at SlashFilm.com and linked inside the show notes for this episode. SlashFilmDaily is published every weekday, bringing the most exciting news from the world of movies and TV, as well as deeper dives into the great features you can find on the site. You can subscribe to the show on Apple, Overcast, Spotify, wherever you, wherever you get your podcasts. Please subscribe to our newsletter, send your feedback, questions, comments, concerns, and mailbag topics to us at bpearson at slashfilm.com. Make sure to leave your name and general geographic location in case we mention your email on the air. I would love it if you could take a few minutes to rate and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. That would really help us out a lot. Tell your friends about the show, spread the word. Thank you so much for listening and we will talk to you all next week.